part three. Home stretch. <laughs> I think where we left off, uh, he made a joke about somebody being a good looking dude and everybody laughed and now it's on to the next senator. Um, Mr. Chairman and Senator ranking member, you are now recognized. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. It's nice that we finally got down to the ball guys down here at the end. Um, I just want to thank you both. This has been one of the best hearings I've had this Congress, and uh, just a testimony to you two and seeing uh, the, the challenges and the opportunities that AI presents. So I appreciate you both. Uh, I want to just jump in. I, I think very broadly, and then I'll get a little more narrow. Uh, uh, Sam, you said very broadly, technology has been moving like this, and. We are, a lot of people have been talking about regulation, and so I use the example of, of the automobile. What an extraordinary uh, piece of technology. I mean, New York City did not know what to do with horse manure. They were having crises, forming commissions, and the automobile comes along, ends that problem. But at the same time, we have tens of thousands of people dying on highways every day. We have emissions crises and the like. There are multiple federal agencies, multiple federal agencies that were created uh, or are specifically focused on regulating cars. Um, and, and so this idea that this equally transforming technology is coming and for Congress to do nothing, which is not what anybody here is, is, is uh, calling for, little or nothing, is, is obviously unacceptable. Uh, I really appreciate uh, Senator Welsh and I who have been going back and forth uh, during this hearing, and him and Bennett have a bill talking about trying to regulate in this space. Not doing so for uh, social media uh, has been, I think, very destructive and allowed a lot of things uh, to go on that are really causing a lot of harm. And so the question is, is what kind of regulation? You all have spoken that to a lot of my colleagues. Um, and I, and I want to say, Ms. Montgomery, and I have to give full disclosure, I'm the child of two IBM parents, um, uh, but I, I, you, know, you talked about uh, defining the highest risk uses. We don't know all of them. We really don't. We can't see where this is going. Uh, Nor can you predict Regulating them, at the point of risk. Effort. And you, you sort of called not for an agency, and I think when, you, when somebody else asks you to specify, because you don't want to slow things down, we should build on what we have in place. But you can envision that we can try to work on two different ways that ultimately a specific, like we have in, uh, in cars, EPA, NHTSA, the Federal Motor Car Carrier Safety Administration, all of these things, you can imagine something specific that is, uh, as Mr. Marcus points out, uh, a nimble agency that could do monitoring other things. You can imagine the need for something like that, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so uh, just for the record then, in addition to trying to regulate with what we have now, you would encourage Congress and my colleague Senator Welsh to move forward in trying to figure out the right tailored agency to deal with what we know and perhaps things that might come up in the future. I would encourage Congress to make sure it understands the technology, has the skills and resources in place to impose regulatory requirements on the uses of the technology and to understand emerging risks as well. So yes. Yeah, Mr. Marcus, there's no way to no way to put this genie in the bottle. Globally, this is it, it's exploding. I appreciate your thoughts, and I shared some with my staff about your ideas of what the international context is. But there's there's no way to stop this moving forward. So with that understanding, just building on what what Ms. Montgomery said, what kind of encouragement do you have as specifically as possible? to forming an agency, to using current rules and regulations? Can you just put some clarity on what you've already stated? Uh, let me just insert, there are more genies yet to come from more bottles. Some genies are already out, 
but we don't have machines that can really, for example, self-improve themselves. Um, we don't really have machines that have self-awareness, and we might not ever want to go there. So there are other genies to be concerned about. Um, on to the main part of your question. Um, I, I think that we need to have some international meetings very quickly with people who have expertise in how you grow agencies, in the history of growing agencies. We need to do that in the federal level. We need to do that in the international level. Um, I'll just emphasize one thing I haven't as much as I would like to, which is that I think science has to be a really important part of it. And I'll give an example. We've talked about misinformation. We don't really have the tools right now to detect and label misinformation with nutrition labels that we would like to. We have to build new technologies for that. We don't really have tools yet to detect a wide uptick in cybercrime, probably. We probably need new tools there. We need science to probably help us to figure out what we need to build and also what it is that we need to have transparency around uh, and so Understood, forth. understood. Sam, just going to you uh, for the little bit of time I have left. Real quick, um, first of all, you're a bit of a unicorn when I sat down with you first. Uh, could you explain why nonprofit, in other words, you're, 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 you're not looking necessarily, and you've even capped the VC people. Just really quickly, I want folks to understand that. We started as a nonprofit, uh, really focused on how this technology was going to be built. At the time, it was very outside the Overton window that something like AGI was even possible. That's that shifted a lot. Um, we didn't know at the time how important scale was going to be, but we did know that we wanted to build this um, with humanity's best interest at heart and a belief that this technology could, if it goes the way we, we want, if we can do some of those things per, Professor Marcus mentioned, uh, really deeply transformed the world. And we wanted to be as much of a force for getting to a positive I'm going to interrupt you. I think that's all good. I hope more of that gets out on the record. The second part of my question as well, um, I found it fascinating. Uh, but are you ever going to, for a revenue model, for return on your investors, are you ever going to do ads uh, or something like that? I wouldn't say never i don't think like i think there oh, may be people that shock. we want to offer services to and there's no i don't want to shut that works, door but i really like having a subscription-based model uh we have api developers pay us and we have chat gpt okay can i jump us. to the then, then can i just jump sure. real quickly one of my biggest concerns about this space is what i've already seen in the space of uh web 2 web 3 is this massive corporate concentration it is really terrifying to see how few companies now control and affect the lives of so many of us. And these companies are getting bigger and more powerful. And I see you know, OpenAI backed by Microsoft. Uh, Anthropic is backed by Google. Uh, Google has its own in-house product, we know Bar. So I I'm really worried about that. And I'm wondering uh, if, if, Sam, you can give me a quick uh, acknowledgement. Are you worried about the corporate concentration in this space and what effect it might have uh, um, uh, and the associated risks, perhaps, with uh, market concentration in AI? And then, Mr. Mark Marcus, can you answer that as well? I think there will be many people that develop models. Uh, what's happening now in the open source community is amazing. But there will be a relatively small number of providers that can make models at the, at the true edge. Is there danger edge. in that? Um, yeah. I think there is benefits and danger to that, like as we were talking about all of the dangers with AI, the fewer of us that you really have to keep a careful eye on, on the absolute yeah, like, there it is. capabilities, uh -huh. there's benefits there's there. The um, yep. But there, I think there needs to be enough, and there will, because there's so much value that consumers have choice, that we have different ideas 
Mr. Marcus, real quick. The there, there is a real risk of a kind of technocracy combined with oligarchy, where a small number of companies influence people's beliefs through the nature of these systems. Again, I put something in the, Wall, in the record about the Wall Street Journal about how these systems can subtly shape our beliefs, and that has enormous influence um, on how we live our lives. And having a small number of players do that with data that we don't even know about, that scares me. Sam, I'm sorry. One more thing I wanted to add. Uh, one thing that I think is very important is that this, what these systems get aligned to, whose values, what those bounds are, that that is somehow set by society as a whole, by governments as a whole. And so creating that data set, the align, that our alignment data set, it could be you know an AI constitution, whatever it is, the, that has got to come very broadly from society. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. My time has expired, and I guess the best for last. That's... Mm. Yeah, um, most of the first part, I, I mean, there was a lot of sort of like a lot of words to 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 set up the the premise of it. I don't, I didn't really disagree with anything there, but you you start to see the the cracks in in the setup, right? So, are you going to be driven by revenue? Of course you are. Well, I, it feels so disingenuous to. I mean, it's like we did this as you know a nonprofit and it's like was that just they're going to be hanging on to that for how long they're not nonprofit anymore but it's still coming up you even said it in a way that makes it sound like they're still nonprofit and it's like but they're not i feel like they just did that to have like the good guy tag that oh but we yeah and it's also and it's also trust us and it's also a a corporate strategy to go nonprofit and then be like privately held and purport that it's because you want to be able to make all the right decisions and not be holded to shareholders but really what's happening behind the scenes is that you're getting enough capital venture capitals in line and you're basically trying to get who the key players are going to be so that once that ipos like everybody that's going to profit from it from the top down the, the it's a script yeah it's not a, it's not a shock it's not a surprise right um yeah. and, and at the point at, and at that point they'll basically they'll have the out to say well we believe we have everything in place right a year from now whatever it is we believe we've put every all the measures in place to set our product aside and safeguard against yada 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 and now we just need the visible hand of the market uh, and it'll all be whatever yeah but, but, you, mean, but you see how he how he like subcorrected himself right where he's like it was he starts off on the right road and he says i think that um these these AI core value systems should be set by society, and then he goes by governments. Like that, you could tell that's what he means. It's like what he means by this should be a democratically um, uh, um, appointed uh, entity. He what he really means is government top down decides what the core value systems are, not the citizens up. And that's topsy turvy to what democracy really is. Right? Is right. your public determines what core values its politicians should have not the other way around well and i mean seriously do you change the core values every four years yeah I well, mean, and, and every four every, years and also time, yeah exactly oh that's that's you know a really good point like, who, whose core values because right now it's so partisan whose core values do you pick or do you literally flip flop every every four years, years that, yeah, yeah yeah you get a democratic <laughs> get gpt to, to republican gpt yeah yeah, and, and then to make matters worse, right, then they're simultaneously also uh, putting that against a global um, enclave that's supposed to all agree. 
because <laughs> we on do what so those, well on that. Values are. Yeah, our yeah. core values across the world are not. Yeah. yeah, we talked about it yesterday. I really think it's just going to be like a, a layered approach, just like individual to state to federal. Like that's 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 the about the best that you can hope for. Well, and I don't know who ever thought that putting the most powerful technologies in the hands of a very few was ever a great idea, especially technology that, like they say, can sway opinions. And, all that, these was, and that was the second part, right? This is, you can hear it, you can hear it where it's like, well, as long as only a couple of companies at the very, uh, as long as only the most powerful companies have one that's worth a damn, uh, then I guess I don't mind if everybody else has like a shitty AI that's barely better than like an Alexa device sitting in your house. Right. He's he's literally coming in to this entire thing advocating to centralize power to a small core group that will, you know, work with the government. Make sure we close the door behind us because we will then generate right. all the revenue we can then you know, decide how quickly and how right. not quickly because everyone else will be just locked out by gates, uh, thresholds of money. Yep. And to the best of my knowledge, right, we've talked about how there's going to be crazy lone wolf actors. There's going to be some, yeah. what did he call them, like berserk um, groups of people out there that want to essentially ask ChatGBT, how do I murder everybody? We're, we're, they've called out all of the mal actors and not a single person yet has said, okay, now constitutionally, how do you ensure that AI doesn't get corrupted by its own government? How do, how do you, how do you ensure that AI isn't, isn't, isn't used as a club to beat your, your citizens over from a from a from a government down perspective all i can picture right now in my head is the um news media thing where they start out with one of the news anchors r reading a script oh. and then it starts to like go to all the different local places this till is a it threat just... to our democracy yeah. this is a threat to our democracy i mean that's what because that's what it makes me think of right yeah. you sit there and say oh no we've got tons of tiny little and then you find out well go go up the chain farther and figure out how who actually owns those news media sources and and when you see something like that, it go, you should ring a bell in your head that you are already being manipulated. Now this is just an even more powerful form, and you really want to put that back into the hands of the same rich people. Yep. It's a little, it's, 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 it's scary. Yep. And and so uh, I listened to a different um, podcast today, and I think I'm going to do like a coverage on it, but Tristan that did the AI dilemma. And so, and so one of the points that they had brought up is, how there's more genies to be let out of the bottle. Oh, yeah. So one of the arguments that they made, which is a salient one, is, okay, yeah, you've let a genie out of the bottle that maybe is akin to on the warfare level, like the infantry level stuff. But thankfully, we have the ability to not let the tank level and the air and the aircraft carrier level and the atomic bomb level genies out of those bottles, respectively. I, I, I can certainly appreciate that sentiment. What I'm hoping is while we're at the small arms race of, of AI warfare, that the common man and the common woman doesn't get locked out of that conversation because what I get nervous about when it comes to AI and the defense against the dark arts is that you consolidate power, you say, nope, the only real good AIs are going to be controlled at the top level, then that tells me I am a, as a, as an individual, I'm not going to be allowed to instance my own version of this and have it be a trusted 
assistant that I, that I've trained to make sure to protect myself against everybody else in the same way that I can train my uh, antivirus software from protecting against every other computer out there on the network and I have every right to. It goes back to whose core values, right? Exactly. Should I have to have the president's core values shoved down my throat if I don't agree with everything exactly. he says? And I don't know about and that. And that's where it has a lot in common with the Second Amendment, which is at the point of which there's going to be a lot of virtual guns aimed at me from government, from big corporations, from influencing sources, I need to be able to defend myself against a tyrannical AI that works for the government. And the only way that I can do that is if I'm, if I'm able to arm myself with my own AI assistant that can elevate my level of processing and data understanding and consolidation and summarizing and investigation to at least some kind of a semblance of being able to keep up with the bullshit that's, that's about to be pumped my way. And that's that's my counter argument to that is sure you know what i mean and, and and nobody argues it in the second amendment thing where it's like okay well do you believe that uh citizens should be able to drive around in tanks of course not some people so on the extreme end people say well yeah i should be able to have whatever the hell the government has okay that's a different discussion however nobody disagrees that you shouldn't have at least some meager way of defending yourself that offers any some kind of a leverage over just putting up your dukes and oh. so the virtual version of that is I got to have something you, 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 you got to let me have something that's better than a three-year-old level of understanding of how the world works in an AI form to defend myself against the most advanced one on the planet. Well, and at the, and, and also there has to be more transparency. I mean, we see it in everything that happens as all these things get done in black boxes, right? And gain of function research would be one where they're like, Oh, well, we have to do this because we need to get ahead. Do you really think that they're going to sit there and not weaponize AI in a, yeah. in a in a closed box somewhere so that they can unleash it if they need to? Ironically, that example that you gave is one of the examples that they cited as this thing that could happen from like some lone wolf person out there. You know, a 16-year-old with a laptop they keep referencing, right, that decides to do gain-of-function research. And I'm like... Uh, yeah, every single time that, that every single time that I've ever heard that you're super nervous that some like rando person, some rando wacko is going to go do the worst thing possible. It usually turns out that it's a government somewhere that actually was the behind the wacko behind the wacko that you thought was the one that did the thing or yeah. uh, no actual wackos have tried that before. But a government sure did in this other country that we don't care about because it's the third world. Well, and, and those those core values that you are supposed to be uh, protecting the citizens from other citizens on are the ones that you don't even well, share yourself on the back end. Well, and I mean, I mean, we see how the government treats things as things get declassified over the years. You know what I mean? The, the lies that people are told for their own good 50 yep. years later, you go, what the heck? What the heck? Really? Yeah. The public needed to be told this lie because you thought this was so. Yeah. Or crucial. even six months later. Yeah. Right. The, exactly. the new game plan is you just you just bullshit through it until everybody forgets and moves on. And then by the time you go through all of the, the FOIAs and everything else to get the information to crack the case and set the record straight, then an entire population of short memory people go oh are we still talking about that old shit can't we just move on like well, it, it, i mean it's a strategy that's a real strategy fire hose. it's a it's a fire hose knowledge strategy you know you sit there and you plow people with so much information and misinformation that they can't tell the difference and there's too much of it and then you change it up and keep just pounding it into their faces and so people yeah eventually go i don't, I, I can't sort i, don't, I can't even think about it I don't I don't, about yeah. It. yeah so i mean it is a strategy to get people to stop worrying about it because it is too much to sift through so i mean 
It doesn't. It it. But it applies to so many things. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. Senator Well. Uh, first of all, I want to thank. Uh, you, Senator Blumenthal, and you, Senator Holly. This has been a tremendous hearing. Uh, senators are noted for their short attention spans, but I've sat through this entire hearing and enjoyed every minute of it. You, um, you have one of our longer attention spans in the United States, <laughs> to your great credit. Well, we've had good witnesses, and it's an incredibly important issue. And it, it, here's just it's a, actually I don't shocking. The more I watch these, how many of these have, dudes have come sit down? Really, berate the witnesses, kind of and then as soon as they're done answering questions, they just get up I and leave. Is the major question <laughs> that we're going to have to answer as a Congress. And number one, you're here because AI is this extraordinary new technology that everyone says can be transformative as much as the printing press. Number two, it's really unknown what's going to happen, but there's a big fear you've expressed to all of you about what bad actors can do and will do uh, if there's no I wish they would take uh, this first part and just, uh, we know. Number three. We know, okay? Every one of these guys says the same thing served in the House to start. And the Senate. Oh, He's going to do all these amazing I've things, but copy paste. It's impossible for Congress to keep up with the speed of technology. It's impossible for you and to keep up with there have been concerns expressed non-technology. Uh, so about social media. And now about AI that relate to fundamental privacy rights, bias rights, uh, intellectual property, uh, the spread of disinformation, which in many ways for me is the biggest threat because that goes to the core of our capacity uh, for self-governing. Who's disinformation? Uh, there's the economic transformation, which uh, can be profound. Uh, there's safety concerns. And, and I've come to the conclusion that we absolutely have to have an agency uh, what its scope of engagement is, is has to be defined by us. Uh, but I believe that unless we have an agency that is going to address these questions from social media and, and AI, uh, we really don't have much of a defense against the bad stuff. And the bad stuff will come. So uh, last year... I introduced in the House side, and, and Senator Bennett did in the Senate side, it was the end of the year, a Digital Commission Act, and we're going to be reintroducing that this year. And the two things that I want to ask, one, you've somewhat answered, because I think two of the three of you have said you think we do need an independent commission. You know, and Congress established an independent commission when railroads were running rampant over the interest of farmers. When so, I mean, so while we're on this topic of, of having to have agencies and a new governing body and all this other stuff, I, on principle, I 100% agree with that, that you have to have a set of people that think about nothing but this one thing, just like you, like you saying, like for the railroad, for everything else, the cars, the when they were invented, all that stuff. You got to have it, 100%. But it... it, it if, if, if you're going to beat me over the head with can we learn from our past mistakes in social media, then I'm going to go ahead and challenge Congress and say, can you learn from your past mistakes and how are you going to establish an agency that doesn't get co-opted by the very people that you're trying to protect yourself against? Because as soon as you establish an agency, the name of the game shifts to I need to now therefore lobby to ensure that I get a seat at that table. Right. I need to have my inside people on that on that commission so that if anything ugly is coming my way as the dominant AI provider, 
I protect my interests and uh, you give me uh, um, favorite, favorite oversight. Well, he hit that great buzzword on the way in, which is misinformation. And it scares me because we just went through this. There were commissions and task force and everybody and things are being labeled as misinformation. That wasn't misinformation. It was ruining people's lives and careers more than the things that were being protected from. And it's terrifying for them to sit here and and go right down that road again where, you know, because again, it's, it's the, oh yeah, terrify everybody, terror, make them, you know, worry about everything that gets said, true or false. And so again, who, who's in charge of right. telling us something's misinformation? Right. That's, that's a scary one. And, and that's, and that's the thing that, that's the thing that, that's the thing that we always have to ask ourselves is whenever you have these sweeping statements, like we should pause uh we should have oversight so on and so forth when we say we right they don't actually mean we like everybody 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 right uh, I, I i liken this to a game of red light green light okay now the way that red light green light actually works is that everybody can see everybody else so the person saying red light green light can see everybody and everybody can see everybody else now imagine that you're playing red light, green light, but everybody's eyes are closed and you're playing on the honor system. Oh, weird. Billy keeps winning. How did Billy get to me in like two seconds when I said red light, green light like 15 times and 80% of everybody else is still barely at the starting line? Well, that's because when you don't actually have 100% clear visibility to everybody involved, including the government, and including foreign agencies and including everybody else, if it's not 100% transparency, then it might as well be 0% transparency because the only people that are going to stop and play red light, green light, honestly, are law-abiding <laughs> citizens and responsible tiny companies that are going to get swallowed up by the big dogs that know how to play the game and steamroll their way to the end and secure that place by bending and breaking the rules. That's, that's the game. That's and I just, I don't know how you can sit there and say, well, oh, well, they left XYZ agency, corporation, blah, 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 blah. So, the, so suddenly they have zero ties to those. Oh, yeah. oh come on. The, you know, yeah, the like, revolving door of how, yeah. I left my corporation to go yeah. sit on the board that regulates my corporation that I am no longer a part of, therefore I have no allegiance. Right. I, no, right. that's not. Yep. And we, we investigated ourselves and found ourselves not to be in, in the wrong on any of the decisions <laughs> we've ever made. Um, weird. You weird. know, what I mean? so again, it, my challenge is, do I agree in principle? Absolutely. But if you're if you're saying that out of one corner of your mouth and then out of the your corner of your corner of your mouth, you're saying, yeah, we're totally not going to hold ourselves accountable to those same sets of rules. Then right. it's bullshit. And we have to just look past that and say, assume everybody's cheating. Assume everybody's got an A on their pocket and act accordingly. Right. Well, and you've said it before. It's like these watchdog groups and things have to be completely independent and they can't be making a profit off of it. Yeah, and they so can't be bought and sold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They can't be making... They, they've already proved that science is bought and sold, right? The, I, I feel bad for the scientist uh, in the middle because he's talking about how science needs to be involved. And he, I, 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 I believe he's making a genuine uh, argument from the sense of you need to have not just politicians or people acting with their feelings, but looking at facts. Yeah, but you can't have... But the, his own community has been compromised time and time again by the fact that people can buy research papers to say whatever the hell you needed to say it's a it's that's a yeah that's a complicated topic and i don't know how do you even i don't know how you even tackle that one you know what i mean because the problem is is everybody everybody's subject to unfortunately being human <laughs> yeah well, exactly yeah that's the real problem is maybe AI to solve needs humanity to over, maybe AI needs to oversight ai no i don't, I don't know right. wait that's the wait that's the problem the thing oversight
Sorry about that. One of the things I players can do it. So there are also those <laughs> kinds of perils. I fully agree with everything that, that Mr. Altman said, and I would add that to the list. Okay. Ms. Montgomery? One of the things I would add to the list is the risk of not holding companies accountable for the harms that they're causing today. Right, so we talk about misinformation in electoral systems. So no, t no agency or no agency, here. we need to hold companies responsible today and accountable for AI that they're deploying that disseminates misinformation on things like elections and where the yeah. where the risk. You know, a regulatory agency would do a lot of the things that Senator Graham was talking about. You know, you don't build a nuclear reactor without getting a license. You don't build an AI system without getting a you license. To let her that answer. Gets tested independently. I think it's a great analogy. Right. We, we need both pre-deployment pre and post-deployment. Okay. Uh, thank you all very much. I yield back, Mr. Chairman. Thanks. Thanks, Senator. Well, at least one of them said it, kind of, politely. Very, very patient, and the turnout today, which is beyond our subcommittee, I think reflects both your value in what you're contributing as well as the interest in this topic. Uh, there are a number of subjects that we haven't covered at all, uh, one was uh, just alluded to by um, Professor Marcus, which is the monopolization danger, the dominance uh, of markets that excludes new competition and thereby inhibits or prevents innovation and invention, which we have seen in social media, as well as some of the old industries, airlines, uh, automobiles, yeah. and others were consolidated. <laughs> well, that's exactly why you try to capture those agencies. Competition. So that they're and favorable to so, the dudes uh, that grease your pockets and to, not favorable to, to the ones on that aren't paying. Kind of an old area of antitrust, which dates more than a century, uh, still inadequate to deal with the challenges we have right now in our economy. And certainly, we need to be mindful of the way that rules can enable the big guys to get bigger and exclude innovation and competition and responsible good guys such as are represented in this industry right now. Uh, we haven't dealt with national security. There are huge implications for national security. I will tell you as a member of the Armed Services Committee, uh, classified briefings on this issue have abounded and the threats that are posed by some of our Adversaries, China has been mentioned here, but the sources of threats to this nation in this space are very real and urgent uh, today, but we do need to deal with them, and we will, hopefully, in this committee. And then uh, on the issue of a new agency, you know, I've been doing this stuff for a while. Uh, I was Attorney General of Connecticut for 20 years. I was a federal prosecutor to the U.S. Attorney. Most of my career has been in enforcement. And I will tell you something. You can create 10 new agencies, but if you don't give them the resources, and I'm talking not just about dollars, I'm talking about scientific expertise, you guys will run circles around them. And it isn't just the, the models or the generative AI that will run models around, run circles around them, but it is the scientists in your companies. Uh, for every success story in government regulation, you can think of five failures. That's true of the FDA. It's true of the IAEA. 
It's true of the SEC. It's true of the whole alphabet list of government agencies. And I hope our experience here will be different. But the Pandora's box requires more than just the words or the concepts licensing new agency. There's some real hard decision making, as Ms. Montgomery has alluded to, about how to frame the rules to fit the risks. Mm. You have to start First paying no market value for your government employees if you want these Make it enforceable. to be able to hire people. Make it enforcement real. is also one of those things where enforcement is just also another way to just price out people that can't afford to play the, oh, slap my wrist, right? I, I know there's some industries now that are starting to look at um, whenever you find somebody, you do it at a percentage level instead of just at a flat dollar amount value. Well, yeah. Because... I mean... because you you're gonna hit google like okay google did some shit and like harm some people and you're gonna hit them with like a 500 million dollar fine that's enough to bankrupt just about every other organization on the planet out there that's below uh you know fortune five thousand. but for google they're like oh cool yeah cost of doing business you know what i mean like right right well and like i said i i think it's important to to bring it bring this up is that, you know, a lot of people don't put a lot of stock um, because they only think about their senators, their governors, their, you know, the people that they see in their face, but they don't think about all the state and federal employees that are making less than the market value for their jobs to do something good um, or try to do something good by working right. for the government. And so there needs Especially to be down at that last mile level of enforcement, right? If you right. like the desk agent that has to sit behind and like review case by case right. uh, infraction. Right. And your scientists aren't going to get paid what they could get paid working for open AI. So if you want to get a, that caliber scientist, you have to pay some of those. You, we have to have that kind of funding in there to make sure that you aren't getting the, you know, the barely qualified in there. And I think he's kind of saying that, but I would, you know, I think it's just important to kind of reiterate. It is important to be able to say some of our tax dollars actually has to go to bringing up state government employees. And again, I'm not talking the senators. I'm not talking those people. I'm saying you have to bring these people up so you can get good talent retained with the people that are actually working for the people, <laughs> you know, yep. truly getting in there and working for them. Yep. Sorry, I get preachy on that one. We need to grapple with the, the hard questions here that, you know, frankly, this initial hearing, I think, has raised very successfully, but not answered. And I, I thank our colleagues who have participated and, and made these uh, very creative suggestions. I'm very interested in uh, enforcement. I, you know, literally 15 years ago, I think, advocated abolishing Section 230. What's old is new again. You know, now people are talking about abolishing Section 230. Back then it was considered completely unrealistic. But uh, enforcement really does matter. I want to ask uh, Mr. Altman, because of the, the privacy issue, and you've suggested uh, that you have an interest in protecting the privacy of the data that may come to you or be available. How do you, what specific steps do you take uh, to protect privacy? Uh, well, one is that we don't train on any data submitted to our API. So if you're a, a business customer of ours and submit data, uh, we don't train on it at all. We do retain it for 30 days solely for the purpose of trust and safety enforcement, um, but that's different than training on it. 
If you use ChatGPT, uh, you can opt out of us training on your data. Um, you can also delete your conversation history or your whole account. That's true. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, from what I can tell, it seems like that conversation history is stored locally, like at a cookie level on your computer. Because uh, if I move from device to device, even though I have a conversation history, like some of them are like not there if I move to like a completely different browser. So even the contents of them, I think it basically just has the ability to like look down at a local file and then like read it. But it's not necessarily like out there on the cloud. Well, yeah. And maybe that's just because I also have my settings set to like, you know, don't train all my shit. Well, I mean, people have to be really careful when they're using, they're putting their business secrets into ChatGPT to get oh, for their sure. ideas. You know? Oh, for sure. I, I, I was, I was super nervous at the moment that I realized that there's a million people out there that are like, help me rewrite this, this like super sensitive email to my boss or to like my my entire age my entire organization or agency and it has all this information in it but you're trying to sound make it sound better and it's like man you probably shouldn't be pasting that shit in this hitting submit like you might you might want to change it to yeah x company exactly start you know just use generic things so it could go anywhere right and then once you get your good paste back put in the name yeah actual people companies agencies because that's terrifying don't do that shit I know Ma- you don't mask your data directly with consumers, but do you take steps to protect privacy as well? Yeah, absolutely, um, and we even filter our large language models for content that includes personal information that may have been pulled from public data sets as well. So we apply additional level of filtering. Um, Professor Marcus, you made reference to self awareness, self learning. Uh, already, we're talking about the potential for jailbreaks um exists. how soon do you think Not that potential. new kind of generative ai will be usable will be practical already here new ai that is self-aware and so forth where yes i mean i have no idea on that one i think we don't really understand well, what AGI now. is and so it's hard to put a date on it. Um, in terms of self-improvement, there's some modest self-improvement in current systems, right. but one could imagine a lot more, and that could happen in two years. It could happen in 20 years. Um, the basic paradigms that haven't been invented yet, some of them we might want to discourage, um, but it, it's a bit hard to put timelines on them. And just going back to enforcement for one second, one thing that is absolutely paramount, I think, is far greater transparency about what the models are and what the data are. That doesn't necessarily mean everybody in the general public has to know exactly what's in one of these systems, but I think it means that there needs to be some enforcement arm that can look at these systems, can yes. look at the data, Bingo. Um, can perform tests and so forth. Bingo. Um, let, let me ask you, uh, all of you, uh, I think there has been a reference to um, elections and banning um, outputs involving elections. Are there other areas where you think, what are, the, what are the other high risk or highest risk areas where you would either ban or establish especially strict rules? Ms. Montgomery. Recommending medications? The space around misinformation, I think, is hugely important one. Um, And coming back to the points of transparency, you know, knowing what content was generated by AI is going to be a really critical area that we need to address. Any others? 
I think medical misinformation is something to really hey. worry about. You have systems that hallucinate things, they're going to hallucinate medical advice. Some of the advice they'll give is good, some of it's bad. We need really tight regulation around that. Same with psychiatric um, yep. advice, people using these things as, as kind of ersatz therapists. I think we need to be very concerned about that. I think we need to be concerned about internet access for these tools when they can start making requests yep. both of people and and internet things it's probably okay if they just do search but as they do more intrusive things on the internet like do we want them to be able to order equipment or order um, chemistry and so forth so as they as we empower these systems more by giving them internet access i think we need to be concerned about that and then we've hardly talked at all about long-term risk sam alluded to it briefly um, I don't think that's where we are right now, but as we start to approach machines that have a larger footprint on the world beyond just having a conversation, we need to worry about that and think about how we're going to regulate that and, and monitor it and so forth. Uh, in a sense, we've been talking about bad guys or um, certain bad actors manipulating AI to do harm. Manipulating people. And manipulating people, but also generative AI can manipulate the manipulators. It, it can. I mean, there's, there's many layers of manipulation that are possible, and I think we don't yet really understand the consequences. Dan Dennett just sent me a manuscript last night that will be in the Atlantic in a few days on what he calls counterfeit people. Um, it's a wonderful metaphor. These systems are almost like counterfeit people, and we don't really honestly understand what the consequence of that is. They're not perfectly human-like yet, but they're good enough to fool a lot of the people a lot of the time, and that introduces lots of problems, for example, cybercrime and how people might try to manipulate markets and so forth. So it's a serious concern. Already exists. In my opening... They just sound a little I bit better. ...suggested three principles. That's literally astroturfing. Transparency, mm -hmm. accountability, and limits on use. Would you agree that those are a good starting point? Montgomery? 100%. And as you also mentioned, industry shouldn't wait for Congress. That's what we're doing here at IBM. There's no reason that industry Absolutely. should wait for Congress. Yep. Professor Marcus? I think those three would be a great start. I mean, there are, there are things like the White House Bill of Rights, for example, that show, I think, a large consensus, the UNESCO guidelines and so forth, show a large consensus around what it is we need. And the real question is definitely now how are we going to put some teeth in it, try to make these things actually enforce. So, for example, we don't have transparency yet. We all know we want it, but we're not doing enough to enforce it. Mr. Altman? I, I certainly agree that those are important points. Um, I would add that and Professor Marcus touched on this, I would add that as we, we spend most of the time today on current risks, and I think that's appropriate, and I'm very glad we have done it, uh, as these systems do become more capable, and I'm not sure how far away that is, but maybe not, not super far, I think it's important that we also spend time talking about how we're going to confront those challenges. Having talked to you privately... You I know how much you, I care. Uh, I agree that you care deeply and intensely, but also that prospect of increased danger or risk resulting from even more complex and capable AI mechanisms certainly may be closer than a lot of people appreciate. Let, let me just add for the record that I'm sitting next to Sam, closer than I've ever sat to him except once before in my life, um, and that his sincerity in talking about those fears is very apparent um, physically in a way that just doesn't communicate on the television screen. Thank but you. communicates from here. Thank you. Senator Hawley? 
Thank you again, Mr. Chairman, for a great hearing. Thanks to the witnesses. So I've been keeping a little list here of the potential downsides or harms, risks of generative AI, even in its current form. Let's just run through it. Loss of jobs. And this isn't speculative. I think your company, Ms. Montgomery, has announced that it's it's potentially laying off stuff that it's it's potentially laying off seven thousand eight hundred people, third of your non-consumer facing workforce, refactoring of jobs because of AI. So loss of jobs, invasion of privacy, personal privacy, on a scale we've never before seen, manipulation of personal behavior, manipulation of personal opinions, and sure. potentially the degradation of free elections in America. Did I miss anything? I mean, this is this is quite a list. Again, I noticed that an eclectic group of about a thousand technology. I'm noticing a distinct lack of like, oh, and by the way, this could potentially be inadvertently used against people <laughs> from from top down government organizations to. I mean, to manipulate them. That's just the unsettling. I leaders, everybody from Andrew Yang to Elon Musk, recently called for a six month moratorium on any further AI development. Are they right? Do you, do you join those calls? Yeah, right? Close your eyes. Should we, Red light. Should we pause yeah. for six your, your months? Your characterization is not quite correct. Um, I actually <laughs> signed that letter. About 27,000 people signed it. Um, it did not call for a ban on all AI research. It only called, in, nor on all AI, but only on a very specific thing, which would be systems like GPT-5. Um, every other piece of research that's ever been done, it was actually supportive or neutral about. And it specifically called for more AI, re- sorry, specifically called for more research on trustworthy and safe AI. So you think, just so you think that we should take a moratorium, a six-month moratorium or more on anything beyond chat GPT-4? I took the letter, what is the famous phrase? Uh, uh, spiritually, not literally, what was the famous phrase? Um, well, I'm asking for your opinion now, though. So do you, my, would, do, my, do you my opinion is that the moratorium that we should focus on is actually deployment until we have good safety cases. Um, I don't know that we need to pause that particular project, but I do think it's emphasis on Focusing more on AI safety, on trustworthy, reliable AI, is exactly right. Deployment means not making it available to the public? Yeah, so, so my, my concern is about things that are deployed at a scale of, let's say, 100 million people without any external review. I think that we should think very carefully about doing that. What about you, Mr. Ullman? Do you agree with that? Would you, would you pause any further development for six months or longer? Uh, so first of all, we, after we finish training GPT-4, we Development we and deployment are not the same deployed. thing. Um, we are not currently training what will difference. be GPT-5. We don't have plans to do it in the next six months. But I think the frame of the letter is wrong. What matters is audits, red teaming, s- safety standards that a model needs to pass before training. If we pause for six months, then I'm not really sure, sure what we do then. Do we pause for another six? Do we kind of come up with some rules then? The standards that we have developed and that we've used for GPT-4 deployment, uh, we want to build on those, but we think that's the right direction, uh, not a calendar clock pause. There may be times, I expect there will be times, when we find something that we don't understand and we really do need to take a pause, but we don't see that yet, never mind all the benefits. Well, wait a minute, you, you don't see what yet? You're comfortable with all of the potential ramifications from the current existing technology? I'm sorry, we don't see the reasons to not train a new one. For deploying, as I mentioned, I think there's all sorts of risky behavior and there's limits we put. We have to pull things back sometimes, add new ones. I meant we don't see something that would stop us from training the next model, uh, right. where we'd be so worried that we'd create something dangerous, even in that process, let alone the deployment. But what, that what may about happen. You? What about you, Ms. Montgomery? 
I think we need to use the time to prioritize ethics and responsible technology as opposed to posing development. Well, wouldn't a pause in development help the development of protocols for safety standards and ethics? Nope. I'm not sure how practical it is to pause, but we absolutely should be prioritizing safety they're, protocols. They're right. Okay. They're, the, 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 the point about practicality the, leads me to this. I, the I'm interested thing. in this talk about an agency, and you know, maybe that would work. Although, having seen how agencies work in this government, they usually get captured by yeah. that they're supposed to regulate. Weird. They usually get controlled Somebody said by it. the Glad people said it too. they're supposed to be watching. I mean, that's just been our history for 100 years. Maybe this agency... Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> I have a little different idea. Why don't we just let people sue you? Why don't we just make it oh, man. in court? We can do that. We know how to do that. We can pass a statute. We can create a federal right of action that will allow private individuals who are harmed by this technology to get into court and to bring evidence into court. And it can be anybody... I mean, you want to talk about crowdsourcing. We'll just open the courthouse doors. We'll define a broad right of action, private right of action, private citizens, be class actions. We'll just open it up. We'll allow people to go into court. We'll allow them to present evidence. They say that they were harmed by, they were given medical misinformation. They were given election misinformation, whatever. Why not do that, Mr. Altman? I mean, please forgive my ignorance. Can't, Can't people sue us? Well, you're not protection by, protected by Section 230, but there's not currently, a, a, I don't think, a federal right of action, private right of action that says that if you are harmed by generative AI technology, we will guarantee you the ability to get into court. Oh. People trying to get harmed by see them. <laughs> I've seen an infinite, infinite flood of posts on Reddit and Tumblr and Twitter. And the screenshot always goes something like this. Oh my God. I can't believe chat GPT told me this. And it's select. It's a selective screenshot of only the last thing that chat GPT said. And it's some horrifically vile shit or some super offensive stuff, or it uses the N word or it talks about, I've seen an infinite, flood of those and i have yet to see one that reveals the entire chat log of how it got there well and that's the thing this is all prompt based again so, so, if so where, do you, where do you think i'm going where do you think i'm going with that well again i just what i said right before you started this is people are going to be doing everything they can to prove they've been harmed by prompting the system and going around the safety measures to be harmed, therefore they can sue. It. An infinite, an infinite, infinite, infinite line of fake slip and falls in the store. Oh my God, my back, my neck. Right. And what constitutes harm exactly? You prompted the machine until it gave you something horrible and vile. Yep. You goaded you go the AI until it finally said the thing. And then you're going to turn around, clutch your pearls, and go, I can't believe you did that. And then, like... Even better. I did all that prompting, got it to say something horrible, and then my kid came in and read it. Bad AI. (laughs) I better sue. My child is scarred. Yeah, that's that. That's the only problem is with every industry. I mean, they've said they've had, uh, already said at the beginning of this whole thing, that they've had tons of frivolous lawsuits of different kinds people are always willing well and that's just onion peel number one onion peel number two is there's people that are big enough in this universe to say go ahead 
sue me. You you can't. You wouldn't even be able to afford the lawyer for the case as long as as I, so. Now you're gonna have like pro bono people and class action lawsuits. You just, well, that's what you're saying. Opening up to class action. Yeah, you got an infinite sea of bullshit, and you want to talk about like not like stifling the. Well, the problem is, is it still works in the favor of the big companies and not the little ones, because the second a little company gets sued and it's not that they even lose the case, they can just drown in the debt of trying to fight it. You know what I mean? And it still hurts the little guy more than it hurts these huge companies that already have billions of dollars that can't afford to put a really expensive, really good lawyer in there just to waste everyone's time till their money runs out. Right, right, right. So. And, and the legalese will come out that puts these, uh, you know, 75 billion page uh, terms of services that you have to click and triplicate to log in to chat with ChatGPT. That's going to make sure that it's like, honestly, just so you know, if, you know, if they don't have that sitting somewhere getting worked on by lawyers now, I would be in shock. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. Did we, when we signed up for ChatGPT, I'm sure we had to sign some sort of user agreement. Uh, there's a, there's a number of screens that alerted the fact where it's like, hey, this thing may like fly off the rail sometimes and say some shit that may be offensive, but you're we're not <laughs> because you probably prompted it to. But hey, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. It's like I I feel like um we're too far along in the technology biz for there not to be user agreements that are already building off of other technologies. Um, user agreements. I'm sure that because you can take your iPhone and go scan the internet for the most horrific types of vile videos in the world that you could find harmful to you. I'm sure that somewhere in that waiver that's on your phone, that if you're using it, because because what do you really what do you really what are you really suing the company for? You're suing the company for a segment of text. With which features certain words of a certain language in a certain order, um, that now makes you liable. Okay, well, how many common, how many possible combinations of that are there out there? So at that point, by the time you go and weed out your stuff to where you are like a hundred percent copacetic and 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 immune to the dangers of a prompt engineer that can work around or jailbreak your shit, you don't have an AI program anymore. You just have like a Wikipedia page that can only vomit like pre-canned responses to you every single Alexa. thing <laughs> yeah like at that point you just have you just you just have a a a, a real fast wiki <laughs> right with curated content yeah but his point is well taken like he's absolutely right like i'm glad he brought it up though because every agency gets captured yeah yeah and i think it's important that he said it right off the bat i'm sure. i know that he's not being i don't i don't think that he's really you know proposing that we just set everybody out to sue them into slowing down. But um, I think it's important that he did say that the agencies get captured and that we have a hundred year yeah. history of that happening. That's, that's good that he a, said it. It's good self-awareness. Mm-hmm. A lot of other laws where if, you know, technology harms you, uh, there's standards that we could be sued under unless I'm really misunderstanding how things work. Uh, if the question is, are more, are clearer laws about the specifics that this technology and consumer protection is a good thing? I would say definitely yes. The laws that we have today were designed long before we had artificial intelligence, and I do not think they give us enough coverage. Uh, The plan that you propose, I think, as a hypothetical, would certainly make a lot of lawyers wealthy, but I think it would be too slow to affect a lot of the things that we care about. For example, we don't really... Wait, you think it'd be slower than Congress? 
Yes, I do. <laughs> really? Well, do lit- you know litigation can take a decade or more. Oh, yeah. but I think the threat guys- of litigation is a powerful tool. I mean, how would IBM like to be sued I'm, for $100 I'm billion? I'm in no way asking to take litigation off the table among the tools. But I think, for example, if I can... Uh, continue. Um, we, there are areas like copyright where we don't really have laws. We don't really have a way of thinking about wholesale misinformation as opposed to individual pieces of it where, say, a foreign actor might make billions of pieces of misinformation or a local actor. We have some laws around market Who's liable if, apply, if, if it's the government's misinformation? We don't really know which like laws apply. There the would be loopholes. The system is really not right. um, being thought through. To In fact, we don't even know that 230 does or does not apply here as far as I know. I think that that's something a lot of people speculated about this afternoon, but it, it's not solid. Well, we could fix that. Well, <laughs> the question is how. Oh, easy. You, you just, you just. Uh, it, it would be easy for us to say that Section two hundred and thirty doesn't apply to generative AI. Ms. Montgomery, I, I'll give I you the last word. I think it's an important point of Ms. Montgomery a duty of care, which I think fits the idea of a private right of action. No, that's exactly right. And also, AI is not a shield, right? So, so if a, a company discriminates in granting credit, for example, or in the hiring process, the, by virtue of the fact that they relied too significantly on an AI tool, they're responsible go. for that today, regardless of whether they used a tool or a human to make yep. the decision. It doesn't matter if it's AI anyway. I'm going to turn to Senator Booker for some final questions, but I just uh, want to make a quick point here. On the, on Which the your point is that a lot of the pl- laws we have actually do we apply. Need to be careful. Right. The world won't wait. The rest of the global scientific community isn't going to pause. We have adversaries that are moving ahead, and sticking our head in the sand is not the answer. Safeguards and protections, yes, but a flat stop sign sticking our head in the sand, (coughs) I would be very, very worried about. Without militating for any sort of pause, I would just again emphasize there is a difference between research which surely we need to do to keep pace with our foreign rivals, and deployment at really massive scale. You, know, you could deploy things at the scale of a million people or 10 million people, but not 100 million people or a billion people. And if there are risks, you might find I believe them out in that. sooner. Selective able, beta um, access to, to trusted individuals that haven't been rather than yeah. after. Yeah. It's Senator Booker. It's a good yeah. way to go. I, I just, there will be no pause. I mean, there's no enforcement body to force a pause. It's just <laughs> That's not. That's what I said earlier. Gonna like, who the heck's going to check? Uh, for any just reasons or whatsoever. But I'm, for, forgive me for sounding skeptical. Nobody's pausing. This thing is I racing. You, you, I, I would agree. I mean, I don't think it's a realistic thing in the world. The reason I personally signed the letter was to call attention to how serious the problems were and to emphasize spending more of our efforts on trustworthy and safe AI rather than just making a bigger version of something we already know to be unreliable. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a, a futurist. I love th- exciting about the future, and I guess there's a famous question, uh, if you couldn't control for your race, your gender, where you would land on the planet Earth, or what time in humanity would you want to be born? Everyone would say right now. It's, the, it's still the best time to be alive because of technology, innovation, and everything. And I'm excited about what the future holds. But the destructiveness that I've also seen as a person that's seen the transformative technologies of, uh, of, of a lot of the technologies of the last 25 years is, is what really concerns me. And one of the things, especially with 
um, companies that are designed to want to keep my attention on screens, and I'm not just talking about new media. Uh, I, 24-hour cable news is a great example yep. of people that want to keep your eyes on screens. Uh, I have a lot of uh, concerns about the corporate intention. And, and Sam, this is, again, why I find your story so fascinating to me and your values that I believe in uh, from our conversations so compelling to me. But, but absent that, I really want to just explore what happens when these companies that are already controlling so much of our lives, we, a lot has been written about the FANG companies, what happens when they are the ones that are dominating this technology as they did before? So Professor Marcus, does that have any concern, uh, the, the role that corporate power, corporate concentration has in this realm that a few companies might, might control this whole area? I radically changed the shape of my own life in the last few months, and it was because of what happened with Microsoft releasing Sydney, and it didn't go the way I thought it would. In one way, it did, which is I anticipated the hallucinations. I wrote an essay, which I have in the appendix, What to Expect When You're Expecting GPT-4, and I said that it would still be a good tool for misinformation, that it would still have trouble with physical reasoning, psychological reasoning, that it would hallucinate. And then along came Sydney, and the initial press reports were quite favorable, and then there was the famous article by Kevin Roos in which it um, recommended he get a divorce. And I had seen Tay and I had seen Galactica from Meta. And those had been pulled after they had problems. And Sydney clearly had problems. What I would have done had I run Microsoft, which clearly I do not, would have been to temporarily withdraw it from the market. And they didn't. And that was a wake-up call to me and a reminder that even if you have a company like OpenAI that is a nonprofit, and Sam's values, I think, have come clear today, other people can buy those companies and do what they like with them. And yep. you know, maybe we have a stable set of actors now, but <laughs> the amount of power that billion? these systems have to shape our views and our lives is really, really significant. And that doesn't even get into the risks that someone might repurpose them deliberately for all kinds of bad purposes. And so in the middle of February, I stopped writing much about technical issues in AI, which is most of what I've written about for the last decade, and said, I need to work on policy. This is frightening. And Sam, I want to give you an opportunity as my sort of last uh, um, question or so. Um, do, do, don't you have concerns about, I mean, you, you, I graduated from Stanford. The, the, I know so many of the players in the Valley, uh, from VC folks, angel folks, to a lot of founders of companies that we all know, do, do you have some concern about uh, about a few players with with extraordinary resources and power, power to influence Washington? I mean, I, I see us. I love. I'm a big believer in the free market, but the reason why I walk into a bodega and a Twinkie is cheaper than an apple, or a Happy Meal costs less than a bucket of salad is because of the way the government tips the scales to pick winners and losers. So the free market is, is, is not what it should be when you have large corporate power that can even influence the game here. Do you have some concerns about that in this, in this next era of technological innovation? Yeah, I mean, again, that's, that's so much of why we started OpenAI. We have huge concerns about that. Uh, I think it's important to democratize the inputs to these systems, the values that we're going to align to. Um, and I think it's also important to give people wide use of these tools. When we started the API strategy, uh, which is a big part of how we make our systems available for anyone to use, there was a huge amount of skepticism over that. And it does come with challenges, that's for sure. But we think putting this in the hands of a lot of people and not in the hands of a few companies uh, is really quite important. And we are seeing the resultant innovation boom from that. Um, but 
But it is absolutely true that the number of companies that can train the true frontier models is going to be small just because of the resources required. And so I think there needs to be incredible scrutiny on us and our competitors. Uh, I think there is a rich and exciting industry happening of incredibly good research and new startups that are not just using our models but creating their own. And I, I think it's important to make sure that whatever regulatory stuff happens, whatever new agencies may or may not happen, we, we preserve that fire because that's well, critical. I, I was one, I'm a big believer in the democratizing potential of technology, but I've seen the promise of that fail time and time again uh, where people said, oh, this is going to have a big democratizing force. My team works on a lot of issues about the reinforcing of, uh, of, of bias through algorithms, the failure to advertise certain opportunities in certain zip codes. Um, but you seem to be saying, and I heard this with Web3, yeah. that this is going to be DeFi, uh, decentralized finance. All these things are going to happen. But this, is not, this seems to me not even to offer that promise because the people who are designing these, it takes so much power, energy, resources. Are you saying that this... That my dreams of technology further democratizing. You can't. Um, real quick, Harry. It is absolute folly to, to to put any kind of a technical limitation on anything and say, well, I mean, the amount of resources it would take to do that is, oh, it's just a small number of people that that lasts for about a year in any particular industry, and before you know it, you have a phone in your pocket that's you know what's the cliche the phone in your pocket has more technology in it than everything it took to get a person to the moon right right that large large big data is not big data anymore <laughs> like large language models uh, sure is it somewhat costly and expensive but not even again i as a regular dude <laughs> i can log into my google account or my amazon account and go in and and request and drive and and own time on entire clusters that that less than a decade ago it would have been unheard of that only the companies that have the that, that have data centers co-located in places would even approach having the means to do such a thing and now i can launch an aws cluster that has redundancy in europe and in asia and in the united states by region by compute i can scale the compute i can scale the memory i can scale everything about it and i'm just a regular dude I literally have no, there's, there, I, I, off, I, I have no extra clearance or licensing to be able to do that, right? So assume, assume that all these arguments about how like, oh, GPT-4 took so, so much power and horsepower. It like, won't stay valid. It's, it, ne it never does. Give it a year and you'll have the technology in your pocket that can train a, a GPT-4 on the entire internet uh, and you can still alt-tab and play Candy Crush. Well, they... You know, the problem is, is they act like other technologies aren't improving at exponential rates as well. And, right. and, but they are, you know, there's right. always. And even in the AI space, even in the AI space, they constantly figure out new ways to essentially fold data, right? The ability, right? Because that's, that's what human beings do. 
how do you retain a shit ton of information? How do they train you to do that? Oh, what do they teach you? You know, read, skim through the paragraph, pick out the keywords, use those in your mind as like a little index and then link to whatever else so that when you focus on it later, you can recall the rest of the details. That's exactly the kind of shit they do in the math of these programs to try to make them more efficient because at first it's always rudimentary. At first it's always clunky. At first it's always the slowest it's ever going to be. And then as people figure out new innovative ways, oh, and by the way, now AI is helping you with that design process and it can tell you the next three things you probably should, could do to, to further innovate that. Just assume well, that, that it becomes trivial. They've, you know, they've kind of already alluded to it. It's those you know, self-improving models. If we don't think at some point AI is going to be able to continue along that path without our help or even needing our input, I think right. that's crazy to think that isn't a possibility. Right. I can drive my entire house on a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, it, come on, stop with this whole like, oh, just a, that's just a way to say like we have big players that are going to be the chosen ones and the golden children that are allowed to play in this space. And it's going to be less capability and more on that. That's why they keep going for the licensing thing, right? Because they realize that the compute are. restrictions are going to be lower. Right, right. Of course. I mean, you can see it's been pretty apparent throughout this entire thing that there is an aim for certain types of, types of regulation and certain types of things, all things that we know can be bought and sold. Mm -hmm. And that have been proven to be bought and sold in the past. Regulatory agencies, licensing, you know, you just put that money barrier in and you put a licensing agency in and then wonder why only certain people are get chosen for the licenses. Yep. Yep. Um, are, are possible within a technology that is ultimately, I think, going to be very centralized to a few players who already control so much. So th this point that I made about use of, use of the model and building on top of it, as a, this is really a new platform, right? It is definitely important to talk about who's going to create the models. I want to do that. I also think it's really important to decide to whose values we're going to align these models. But in terms of using the models... Um, the people that build on top of the OpenAI API do incredible things. And it's, you know, people frequently comment, like, I can't believe you get this much technology for this little money. Uh, and so what people are, the companies people are building, putting AI everywhere, using our API, which does let us put safeguards in place, uh, I think that's quite exciting. And I think that is how it is being democratized, not, not how it's going to be, but how it is being democratized right now. Um, there is a whole new Cambrian explosion of new businesses, new products, new services happening by lots of different companies on top of these models. And so I'll say, Chairman, as I close, that I have most industries resist even reasonable regulation from seatbelt laws uh, to we've been talking a lot recently about rail safety. Um, that the only way we're going to see the democratization of values, I think, and while there are noble companies out there, is if we create rules of the road that enforce certain safety measures like we've seen with other technology. Thank you. Thanks, Senator Booker, uh, and I, I couldn't agree more that um, in terms of consumer protection, which I've been doing for a while, uh, participation by the industry is tremendously important, and not just rhetorically, but in real terms, because we have a lot of industries that come before us and say, oh, we're all in favor of rules, but not those rules. Those rules we don't like, yep. and it's every rule in fact, that they don't like. And I sense that there is a willingness to participate here that uh, is genuine and authentic. Uh, I thought about... Uh, yeah, for now, because nobody's comfortable yet. Right. The 
do a new version getting of good Don't good Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. <laughs> because they're uh, bringing him to the table to, to now help here. make and, the rules, right? Uh, is, and, isn't that the goal out, here? Congress doesn't always move at the pace of technology, and that may be a reason why we need a new agency, but we also need to recognize the world, rest of the world is going to be moving as well. And uh, you've been enormously helpful in focusing us and illuminating some of these questions and performed a great service. People call it like the AI force. Today. So thank you to every one of uh, our think about witnesses. That. And uh, I'm going to close the hearing. Just name it In case Skynet. anyone wants to submit anything, I encourage any of you who have either manuscripts that are going to be published or observations uh, from your companies uh, to, to submit them to us. And uh, we look forward to our next hearing. Uh, this one is closed. All right, folks. Look, if you've been along this journey for, uh, <laughs> uh, what is it, two, four, five, and now about a half hours, uh, kudos to you. Um, thank you for the, uh, you know, the, the 25 total subscribers that we have in the room there. Um, these are these are interesting concepts and I, I said it before right but i encourage everybody to talk about this stuff amongst your your different circles um and feel free to comment on our stuff too if there's uh, any aspect of what they were talking about that you'd like to see explored on the channel in a dedicated session uh hit me up um priory it was on, an honor doing this uh this session with you thank you for hanging in that was a lot to listen to it was fascinating i'm happy to be here yeah yeah Thanks for listening. Partner with your AI and be kind.